Can't believe that you haven't seen it Love it so much you really gotta stream it Let me tell you every line right now I can quote the whole thing since I was 12 Maybe your mom told you no She said she wouldn't give you any money to go And that's why Movies we missed Hey, hey I'm your host, Brandon Greenhouse, alongside my lovely co-host, Jane, Emily, Hammer, and (laughs) we are back in effect. Before we get into the episode, though, you all have probably just, you've been in a tizzy. I I can feel it. I dreamt it. Um, You've been wondering where we were. You've been wondering how to get a hold of us. No matter where we go, you can always find us. On Instagram, on Facebook, mm. at Movies We Missed. And you can always find us tweet, tweet, tweeting away at one of the um, award-considered podcasts, uh, <laughs> one award-considered social media accounts, I should say, for mm-hmm. our podcast over on Twitter at MWM Chat. Uh, but we're here, and uh, we're ready. And we're queer. Um, mm. Yeah. And we'd like for you to get used to it, even in this political climate. Like, do your best, okay? Jane, right now, Jane is giving, like... <laughs> Jane is giving, uh, like, foster mom with a too much on her plate. Like, I'm, wearing a, I'm wearing a cardigan that has so many holes, you can't count them. <laughs> you got to get ready for the season, you know? If we're Absolutely. going into fall. And, we're uh, going into fall and spooky season. We're going to spooky season, which brings us to our first of three Count them three holiday movies that we've Spooky. that we've curated for all of you because we know that you all are your big spookheads just like us. So <laughs> why does that feel that feels like racist? And I don't know why. Spookheads? I don't like it. I don't know if it is, but it it was it, it was uncomfortable. It feels dicey. There's like sometimes there are like those phrases and expressions that you say and you're like, I don't know why this feels wrong, but it just does. It just feel, it um, feels like a slur. Yeah. And that yeah, did feel like, like one of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, but <laughs> we are we're going to jump into our first uh, movie yes. that I gave Jane. This is a some have called it a masterpiece. Um, mm-hmm. It is. I think the Library of Congress uh, selected it as one of the movies um, to be like preserved for all time. I think mm-hmm. the, recently it was like Precious, based on the novel Push by Sapphire, mm-hmm. and then it was Killer Clowns from Outer Space, um, mm-hmm. the nineteen ninety eight uh, Clown Odyssey. Nineteen eighty eight. Nineteen eighty eight. I'm sorry. It's yeah. all. This, it's all Greek to me. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm so old at this point. It all just yeah. it blends together. It's all it's all, you know, back in my day. Um, but yeah, um, and I kind of wrote a little just musings. Oh, you did. I would love to hear what you had to write about it. If you don't mind performing for us. I can't wait. I couldn't wait to perform I, for I, you, Jane. I, I can't wait. I've been chomping in the bit for it. Here we go. All that sexy talk. But, you know, as soon as I touch her, it's <laughs> ice cold trembles. Here we go. <laughs> Crescent Cove is a sweet little bedroom community in somewhere USA. The youths are out at Top of the World, a lover's lane of sorts where the young folk make sport of negotiating pleasure when two of them spot something strange. 
Mike Tobacco and Debbie Stone are going in deep on some heavy petting when they see an odd object plummeting to earth and ponder its existence. While these two are busy mulling, a farmer jumps into action. Farmer Gene and his trusty coon dog Pooh Bear spot the structure from the other side of town and mistake it for Halley's Comet and take off in search of it. Gene soon wishes he'd passed on this excursion when he and his beloved pooch are abducted. Right after they've been made captive, Tabaki Mike and Debbie take off in search of what Mike thinks may be a falling UFO. Never seen a dude pass on Hanky for a treasure hunt, but do you? Once they arrive at the structure, which appears to be a fully erected circus tent, they discover that this structure may look straight out of Barnum, but the evil inside makes the routine atrocities committed by circus owners appear downright trivial. Well, that's not actually true at all. Vulnerable populations were routinely mistreated by the circus industry and placed on display without consent or fair wages. Look it up. It's truly awful and horrendous. But anyway, back to my wacky synopsis. <laughs> Debbie and Mike discover this tent houses quite a few cuckoo horrors. Unless cotton candy pods housing human remains are considered normal where you come from. After narrowly escaping capture by the killer clowns, these two head for the sheriff's office, where they run into, you guessed it, Deb's cop ex-boyfriend, Dave Hansen, and his ornery partner, Curtis Mooney. This gang is going to need to keep its wits about it if they plan on taming this lion of a clown crew. Will these two save the town before the killer clowns give them the big chop in the big top? Or will the circus in town leave Crescent Cove's citizens bloodily bound? Tune in! Beautiful. I loved it. It was spooky. I was living through it again. It's it takes you it takes you back to it where does. it all began, you know, in Crescent Cove, of course. I, Not to be confused with Dante's Cove, by the way. <laughs> very, very different. I also had no idea that it took place in a place called Crescent Cove. I don't know how you found that out. It must have been written somewhere because I Watched the movie twice, didn't see, didn't well, hear. They do say it, but also it's the it's oh, on they? the um, it's on the police station. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. But it's not clear where Crescent Cove is, though. It just no, looks like it's, it's small like, town USA yeah. anywhere. Yeah, totally. It's very like Midwest. It's very Midwest, but then it's also very California to oh, me. Oh, you think? Maybe, I maybe don't you're right. No, they're just like. I, because I feel like some of the Crescent places Cove they, does feel a little like West Coast to me. And that like name. Cove indicates there's like a source of water, and that yeah, makes yeah, yeah. me think That's of a good point. California. But I don't know where it's supposed to be. I don't think it's supposed to be anywhere specific. And like, there's a lot of unanswered questions in oh, this. Absolutely, that's the name. Of the, that's that's the name of the game with this one. It is uh, a movie that I, our producer Dave, has chimed in. It felt California to him as well. Oh, um, good. I'm glad to have your husband he, on board with me. It's it's rare, but it feels good. He's on board with someone for once, so that's what good communication looks like. Um, but this movie was released on May 27th, 1988, and it was made on a budget of $1.8 million. What I found interesting is when I looked up the box office for this movie, it says $2.6 million USA and $43 million worldwide, which makes what? me believe. But I'm wondering if they're if they're factoring in like because there's a lot of like midnight showings of this movie. This is a cult classic. Uh, so I wonder okay. if they're like cap, they're like sort of calculating in all of the times that there have been like midnight showings over like decades of people going to the theater around Halloween time to see like, because this is one of those movies that has like a really active sort of like following. So like people go to like the theaters around Halloween 
Halloween to see like features of this movie and like yell off the lines with the characters. Okay, that's so funny. So it's like a Rocky Horror situation. Yes, it's like okay. it's like that kind of vibe. So I think that that maybe like sort of life, like a like a life law, like a lifetime sort of like box office like raking in, which is really cool that they've made that much. Um, it is a movie that left you with a lot of questions. I remember watching this movie mm-hmm. as a child mm-hmm. and I remember I was really like parts of it really like mess with my head. So it was interesting I'm sort sure. of realizing that the emperor, emperor doesn't have any clothes. How many? How? I mean, how old were you when you watched that? Because uh, like I, it used to come on like HBO sometimes and like okay. Cinemax. So I remember like watching it at my grandparents house and like being really the thing that really got me with this movie was like the cotton candy pods, people pods. That was like the creepiest thing for me because it was like unclear, like if they were completely dead or if they were in some sort of like so stasis. Unclear. Like it was like, are they just frozen are they petrified? Are they going to turn into these clowns? Yeah. Like, what are they? And they also, like, as an adult, you look at them and they just look like like pink ball sacks hanging. Yeah. From, it's like, it's... They don't. Well, that's the thing. Everybody kept saying, it's not cotton candy. It's like, it doesn't look like it is. Nobody it thought never, it was. It never looked like cotton candy to me. I don't know why they keep saying that it was. And everybody keeps being like, oh, it's not cotton candy the whole movie. Also, it like reminded me of like how big cotton candy was in the 80s because it's like you don't hear you don't really hear about cotton candy anymore. And like, I mean, not that well, I hang out think, at fairs. I was going to say, do you think we don't hear about cotton candy anymore because we're not children? <laughs> Look, let me tell you something, OK? You bourgeois. <laughs> Parisian harpy, don't you dare come back to my country with that kind of sass. No, I think you're 100% right. It probably is because we literally don't. I'm sure if I had a kid, well, if it was my kid, genetically, Lord knows, he'd be asking for some kind of candy. We start, Mine we start de- too, baby. We started demanding our, demanding our sugars earlier. Dave and I had a discussion. I, well, I don't know. I Maybe I got a little defensive, but... Um, yeah. We were shut up, but we had a discussion <laughs> about cereal because Dave didn't like grow up obsessed with cereal, and he I felt like, and I get now that he probably mm. wasn't, but I felt like he smelled a little smug, and it was just like he's <laughs> like, oh, I didn't know, not nah, my mom, and like I figured it out during the conversation, um, mm. but it was like I think I felt kind of because I grew up in a house where like we hadn't. 10 boxes of cereal at any given time and it was See, like I didn't grow up in a cereal your own house adventure. either I did your not own adventure by the way that you're choosing is just diabetes it's just how you're gonna get it <laughs> <laughs> as I've discovered as I've gotten older yeah it wasn't the right way to handle that I don't think I love you I, I mean we, I didn't grow up in a cereal house either like it, I remember one of the highlights of my birthday because oh. my parents I think I feel like I've talked about this on the pod before, but my parents were like very into health food yeah. when I was growing up in a way that felt like really restrictive and I think was like difficult for me as I transitioned into adulthood. Um, just like fucked up my relationship with food a little bit. But <clears throat> I remember the exciting thing about my birthday is that around my birthday, my mom would let me come to the grocery store and pick but one box of any cereal that I wanted and, and one kind of cookie that I wanted. And that was like very exciting around my birthday. That's always, always, always chose lucky charms, lucky charms. See, okay, here's the tea though. I don't really eat cereal. Like 
I didn't really eat cereal like growing up. Well, okay. Davis chimed in to Davis said, I didn't eat cereal because I didn't like milk. I get it. So it's not like that is beneath me. It's simply that I don't have nostalgia or the appreciation for it. That might make me like it with like my adult taste, but I get that. And that makes sense. And I love you. I was sort of, (laughs) it was just sort of there. So like I would have cereal like after school or like I was never a breakfast person, but like it was always around the house. So it was like, if I want it, I can have it. And then as I transitioned Mm -hmm. into like a teenager, it became like, this is really unhealthy, but it became more like I could just like down like a box. Like I could eat a box of cereal in like a sitting, <laughs> you know, and people are always like, oh, he's a growing boy. And it's like, yeah, but somebody should step in maybe. Um, I'm not doing it. I'm not putting out any sort of physical, but people would always be like, oh, he probably plays basketball. It's like, sure. Or watches reruns of like Murder, She Wrote. Like, and, it's, and is like, and like fully, fully, fully committed to the theater program in his school. But yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. While like sitting in like the supine position. Um, So, so yeah, so that probably wasn't the best, but growing up, but I am like, now I do have a knowledge of it, like Mm -hmm. cereal. But I will say that like, as an adult, every now and then I get like a hankering for cereal. We don't keep it at the house because of that. Yeah. Tara and I do that too, where it's like, I really want some cereal. We will go out and specifically buy cereal and like have it for a week and then not have it again for a very long time. What's a, what, what would be a go-to for you? Now, my favorite, you... my favorite cereal is Cracklin' Oat Bran. Really? Yeah, that's my favorite cereal. She that feels still... like a very like adult like cereal. <laughs> that's not like a fun like cereal. I feel like that's like it's, the it's cereal not... that like grandparents have at home. No uh, offense, it, grandparents. Well, I no, I feel like my grandparents like had it at their house or something. I like Cracklin'. I like Cracklin' Oat. I like that cereal. By the way, I just it's one that I discovered as an adult, and it's actually one that I probably thought like. I'm doing all right with this one. <laughs> There's so much sugar in Cracklin' Oprah and don't let it fruit really? fool you. I okay. mean, I don't know. I haven't looked at it, but it's not great for you. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know. I Actually, whatever. If you want to eat some fucking cereal, eat fucking cereal. I have no judgment about what Look, anybody eats. I don't either. I just know myself and I know that I think because it's right. like a childhood thing almost like I know I can't have that in the house, really. Mm-hmm. And now, honestly, if I if I ate cereal now, if I eat a bowl of it, I'd probably be like, well, this is too much. But I know that growing up when it was like at my disposal, like I could I could house any number of them. But Tara will get like um, the off brand of Lucky Charms at the grocery store when she's in the mood. And she will will eat it over. She will eat it over like two or three days and it will be like bowl after bowl. And she's usually very stoned while she's doing that. (laughs) I like that you specify the off brand, though. You were like, that's her preference. Oh, she likes the off brand. Because I feel like she grew up eating the off brand and she's like, I like the off brand. She always buys the off brand. Yeah. Okay. That's like, interesting. We're doing, we're doing okay. We could afford name brand Lucky Charms. You're, you're wealthy. You just came back from Paris. <laughs> and it's nothing I know for you to drop. You know, I, I, I get a text message from you next week saying we're off to Morocco. I'm not going to be shook. I'm not going to be course. shook. Of course. Of you know? course. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, all that serial talk to get us back to our own sort of cap'n who's crunching mm. down on crimes that are happening in the town of Cabot Cove. Great transition to Officer Mooney. Am am I right? Yeah, Officer Mooney, who at first you think is the sheriff. And then you realize that he's like, just like, like there's a scene with Officer Mooney and you're like, oh, he's like running the town. And then right. you realize that he's not. He's like, no, he's just a police officer with he's no a police officer with a, a, with a partner who's like 
20. Like yeah. Officer Mooney's probably in his 50s and he's got this partner who's like in his 20s and like there's like a scene where like the partner Dave Hansen the partner is like yelling at him about something and it's like so funny because I, you keep thinking he's about to get like his ass handed to him by like you know the sheriff for like telling the sheriff how to like conduct you know order or conduct business or whatever and like he doesn't say anything and then you're like oh they're equals and it's just like a really like odd sort of like decision I feel like to make to be like we're gonna give him no power and then he's like wait till the sheriff wait till the sheriff gets back and it's like also because it's a small town that seems to be operating by like the rules of small towns. That's the right. old, that's why it's which, like, like which like you'd think this old guy would at least have seniority, but mm. he doesn't according to this no. movie, which I don't imagine gets all the details right, but I am obsessed with Officer Mooney. He oh, wow. is he is having the worst time in every scene that he's in. He's got yeah, he the, he, the heaviest chip on his shoulder about everybody who went to college. He can't. He's so oh upset God. that anybody got an education and he believes nobody, despite all of the information that was brought to him and many, many people in this town are calling up and saying, there's killer clowns on the loose. There's killer clowns on the loose. And he's like, you filthy animals. You're wasting my time. Oh, is that right? There's there's killer clowns. Oh, boy, I surely believe that. And then like hangs up and like does nothing, which is par for the course with, I think, a lot of American police people. officers. People are dying on his watch and he doesn't care and he's very smug. And Jane's right. We get a scene where we get two uh, creatives um, that are arrested. Um, <laughs> they're like punk kids. They're who like are- punk kids who I'm assuming were probably listening to like Friday I'm in Love when they were arrested. Oh, 100%. They're like full goth punk. They're talking about how they were drinking wine and there was just a bottle of wine. It's not a big deal. And Tara and I were like, they were blowing each other. Like they oh, were for ble- sure. Yeah. There's a lot a of like homoerotic couple. moments in this movie. Yeah. Um, these two are arrested and like he brings them <laughs> into the police station and like and then he's like I wrote it down because I thought, huh, what a stance. Um, He says, like, something along the lines of, like, oh, they're probably, like, delinquents from the local college. And I was like, huh, okay. Like, I mean, I guess that's, like, that just seemed like a a weird take on, like, like young college students. He says, and then he says, it's he says to them, it's scum like you that are ruining the town. And it's, like, (laughs) just, like, artists that are, like educating themselves like I, I guess like this is what's what's sort of like being accepted as scum in your town he hates like he hates the liberal arts clearly um, he really really doesn't see the value in it and then he like roughs them up he like bends one of the guys over the desk and he throws <laughs> one of them against a wall it's too much it's too it's, much it's way too <laughs> large of a reaction for two college kids who were caught just like having little wine and like aren't even drunk and he's like losing his shit on them it's like what what do you do to someone who's like actually done something bad (laughs) i think i think we know that yeah i think we do (laughs) and like earlier in the movie um we get like we meet like our stars we meet um our mike tobacco which is the best name in cinematic history it's a great mike tobacco incredible 
and we meet him and Debbie Stone. They are necking in the car, um, in the back of a car on like an inflatable float. It's like an infl- it's like an inflatable <laughs> like raft. Like, yeah, like something and, you would have as an emergency in a boat in case yes. your boat sank. Very that they are like literally like on this raft and they're making out and then they kind of see uh, Debbie played by the incomparable Suzanne Snyder. Has see, Snyder done anything else or where have we seen Suzanne anything else? Um, were you at Trader Joe's recently or? <laughs> <laughs> um, just oh, no. Suzanne did a lot of stuff in the 80s, actually. Um, it looks like oh, Weird Science. In, it looks like she was in Weird Science. Yeah. Okay. Femme Fatale, Return of the Living Dead, Part Deux. <gasps> An episode Same of here. Murder, She Wrote. Oh, ooh. we've been, Dave and I have been watching Murder, She Wrote recently. We're oh watching from the beginning and it is giving you everything you are... want it to be giving. Hilarious yeah. to me. Well, we're that old. <laughs> um, it's great. And it's so good. I used to watch Murder, She Wrote with, like, my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny to watch it as an adult because it's just, like... What I don't get about Murder, She Wrote is I don't get how, like, somebody hasn't been, like... What? You're always there, girl. Like, <laughs> like nobody's pulled her aside to be, like, what's, what's the tea? You're always, no matter what town you're visiting, if you're around, somebody's going to die. Like, I expect her to call one of her friends in one of these beautiful locations and like, you know, it's Jessica Fletcher. I'm heading to town. And they're like, oh, we're kind of busy. And she's like, well, I'd love to see you. And it's like, well, I'm happy. My wife's alive. Like, I want to keep it that way. And something and tells we me. we want to live. We want to live. We want our friends and our children to stay alive, too. And mm. it seems like, you know, I, I want a moment where Jessica, like, sort of looks in the mirror and she just goes. Am I the drama? <laughs> because it's like, you are baby girl, and I'm living for it. <laughs> the, I mean, it's fantastic to watch, but it's I imagine so... to live, it would be just nightmarish to know her. We literally, you know? the other night, I'll say this sentence and then you'll know that we're old. We were playing mm-hmm. Monopoly and watching Murder, She Wrote the other night. I, and... I... <laughs> And um and while Murder She Wrote was on, it was an episode with an evil twin. Oh my and god. Jessica played her her cousin, who actually wasn't evil, but it was just her sassy redheaded cousin, um, who she had to go visit in London, who had faked her own death, and Jessica was there, and then she found out her cousin was still alive. But it was just it was just Angela Lansbury with a red wig on and like heavy makeup. <laughs> It was fantastic. so it's camp and it's like you you can't define it. It's just it, it is like you either get it or you don't. And I, I was living for it. And I got so excited when I saw her in her that full sounds, like that sounds like a great episode. It really but was. I will say and I will go on record and on the podcast saying this. Monopoly is the worst fucking board game of all <gasps> board games. Why? I hate that. It is so boring. It's so boring. It's just performing capitalism in a smaller <laughs> scale on your fucking w- coffee table. Like, yeah. It, I mean, it, it also is, it's extra boring when it's two people. Oh, nightmare. Everyone's, everyone Dave, hates everyone. It's horrible. And Dave just said, and nobody's happy. And nobody's it's like, happy. So, it's so true because you're so angry because it makes you like avaricious because like the whole game, you're like, and I, I like how I keep saying you, I'm talking about me. You're like, I, I, 
I was, here's what I get annoyed by with Monopoly. What always happens to me is I get stuck in the slums. I get stuck. I get all the properties I want. I get Baltic. And it's like, I don't want this crap. I don't want $6 rent. I want Park fucking place. And of I guess who gets it? Whoever's playing with me gets Park place. And it pisses me off. Everybody who gets the reds and the blues on the good side of town. And I get mm-hmm. stuck in the shit. And then they're like, then I always, it's a moment where somebody's like, oh, I landed on your property. Time to pay you. It's like, give me the six fucking dollars. I'm going to land on yours and I have to pay you 32. It's bullshit. And then my husband that- is like, Brandon, this is why I don't want to play with you. <laughs> and then I'm like, no, no, it's fun. I'm good at it. I like it. No, it's not fun. And nobody's having fun. And it's bad and it's boring. And then and- you run out of, and there's always a point too where it's like you run out of money and then you're oh. like scrambling and it's like, oh, I can live this. I don't need to play it. I um, always used to steal from the bank when I, I would always be like, I'll be a banker. Checks and then I would out steal. so much. Of course you did. <laughs> I don't like those kinds of games, so I cheated them. I do think that like, what I did think was, ooh, this would be really fun with like six people. That's when it gets no, really spicy, not. you know? I got okay. into, I got it. Uh, there's a friend that I no longer speak to. It's not because of this. We just sort of like lost touch. But I got into one of my worst friend fights over <laughs> a game of Monopoly with this friend. <laughs> I will tell you who afterwards. That that checks out. I don't know who it is. But... It was a it was a horrible night. <laughs> okay, so we're definitely gonna try and coax Shane into a, a light game of Monopoly, and we'll see how I it goes. I haven't played since, baby, and I will. You not don't want to break again. the seal. No, no, I hate it. And I hate capitalism and I don't want to play unless I'm making a lot of money. Uh, and speaking then of uh, people who want to play by their own rules, we're going to dive back into the movie because these clowns are setting <laughs> so, the rules and they're playing by them the way they want to. So at the beginning of the movie, we have the moment where we have Debbie and we have Mike and they're kind of going at it lightly. And then, well, first of all, first thing I notice is that Debbie's hair is changing lengths back and forth, back and forth, back oh and forth. Oh my God, I didn't notice that. Her hair, first of all, she goes back and forth between having a full face of makeup yep. and not. And I think a part of that was the making out that was happening. But totally. then her hair is just different lengths. It like it, it goes back and forth, and oh we were around it so I could show Dave because I was like, "Do you see this?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, for sure." So like, I need to see that now. This is I'm during the makeout it, scene. It's during like the very beginning of the movie when we first see them when they're like in um, Lovers Lane, top of the world, top um, of the world, top of the world, knowing it's a place where like literally no woman's ever had an orgasm before. Um, <laughs> it's just like a bunch of men apologizing. Uh, <laughs> For jizzing on a girl's sweater. Sorry, babe. Why'd you keep moving? I told you to freeze. Stay still. Whatever. Next time will be better. I promise. Yeah, just- I'm. I'm so close to it being to being good. You know. <laughs> Uh, it's and it's like it's out of control also the thing about these movies especially movies from the 80s that I love is that like Mm. ages are just like don't exist it's nebulous okay this is a question I have actually are they meant to be high school students or college students they're supposed to be college students okay but they're supposed to be college students what did you scream David we think that's correct. Okay. We think okay. that they're college students, but then we find out after they escape the big tent, when they go in the big tent, Debbie runs into her ex-boyfriend who's a cop who could be like a 20-year-old cop for all we know. So sure. that's not huge, but it's like you've had a whole relationship with this cop. You're not with him anymore. You're with this new guy. Or the cop could be older and it could or be the a cop re- could be older. That's true too. relationship that they had. Oh, that's a dicey subplot I would like to get into. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and but then also she lives in like this whole ass house. So it's like, why are y'all necking in the woods? You have a whole home. 
There's no reason right. for you guys to be up here with these children in the woods making out. That's weird. It's really weird. But people in the 80s and 90s loved that in movies. Like they loved to find somewhere outside where they can go parking, which like I guess was I thought was because they didn't have homes, but that's not always the case. They just like to be outside. She went to, well, they drop her off later in the movie at a whole ass house that she lives in by herself. It's like a big home. And it's like, are we sure she lives there by herself? Well, we're not, but it was a big home and they dropped her off and there didn't appear to be a roommate. It was just her Mm -hmm. at the place and she didn't mention a roommate, but you're right. I mean, maybe she had a roommate, but I mean, she has a house that was empty and they're still in the woods. People have sex with their roommates there all the time. So it's like... You do, you do, and you did. I remember. Um, (laughs) So I asked you to stop. But yeah, it just, it was a really weird beginning of the movie. And then also the thing that I will bring up on behalf of my husband, because it was a point that he couldn't get over. When they see, there's a point where they're making out and they see this, this object that is like falling in the sky mm-hmm. and then debbie later on says that mike says that he thought it was a ufo and then debbie mm-hmm. says i thought it was a falling star and we went looking for it and dave was like what the fuck does that mean what yes. do you mean you went looking for a falling star and as he said this is not a rainbow and there's not a leprechaun there's nothing at the end of it it is in the it sky yes like- there's nothing to find there's nothing to search for Whatever you two are doing, that will not be the it will not end with you finding that star that fell on the ground. So this is actually a really good point that leads into one of my major annoying points about this movie that make no sense. So they go. So Debbie and uh, Mike Tobacco go in search of this, quote, falling star or UFO. Also, right before they they find this circus tent, which is supposed to be, I guess, like the killer clowns alien spaceship. Although Mm -hmm. like it's never really confirmed like what it is, honestly. It's also like hardwired. We, we discover. Yeah. And, and she, they're inside and they're like taking a look at everything and they're drinking everything. It looks, if if you guys haven't seen this, it looks like the inside of like a combination Chuck E. Cheese and Toys R Us from 1988. It is the 80s idea of the future, which is one of my favorite things in the movie, in movies, is what the 80s thought the future was going to be. I love it. But it's, but it's more than that. It's that, but it's also designed by children. It's like what 80s, Eight year olds think the future looks like and thinks like an alien ship from the future would look like. So it's like a, it's like a it's like a like a Chucky like a Chuck E. Cheese sort of like the area where you like play in like a Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. So there's like yeah. a ball pit. There's like there's like there's lots of bright colors, funky paint, like weird plasticky structures. Lots that of geometry. Lots no, of geometrical like shapes yes. and yeah, playing together. All that, that, that seem to have no purpose, but maybe do. We don't know. But they and at they do discover the dead bodies in there or the bodies in stasis. We don't really know in the cotton in the cotton candy pink pods that look like ball sacks. They do look like ball sacks. Yeah. But before they discover that they're in this room and Mike goes, well, maybe this is a nuclear power plant plant. And Debbie's like, no. And then he's like, maybe it's uh, some sort of factory. And she's like, no. (laughs) And then he offers like a third option that could make sense. And she's like, no. And 
she's like, this is the shooting star, Mike. I know it. And it's like, Debbie, how do you have all of this information? And she's like terrified. And we have to get out out of here. And these are aliens. And it's like, you haven't seen anything but a structure that you didn't know was here and she's so she screams at mike for like making like sort of a reasonable guess at like where they're at and then she comes in with the once again we're back to the shooting star you know summation <laughs> on her like, part she says i think she says we're inside the shooting star she which says is it like, like multiple times and it's like <laughs> nobody ever like taps on the shoulder to be like no more like we heard you <laughs> Honey, we're going to need you to go back to science. Clearly, that's not what you're studying in college. Because as Dave said, while we're watching the movie, she just lost all credibility with me. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I've heard a judge say that to me before in the courtroom. So I know what that feeling is like. Well, that's what Um, it says in my lawsuit against you, of course. Is it the one that you wrote in Wingdings? (laughs) You love to bring up Wingdings. Because my lawyer wants to translate it. Um, Helvetica baby or bust. Um, also in the beginning of the movie when I'm sorry I'm still at Lover's Lane in the beginning of the movie when they're necking at Lover's Lane also he's pouring her like liquor from a bottle into a coupe glass which was just so weird to me okay I thought it was supposed to be champagne that they were drinking because they said like he said later like let's go finish the champagne okay it looked like a bottle of liquor it was not shaped like a champagne bottle I it wasn't it absolutely wasn't but he calls it champagne and it was brown and then when she was holding the coupe glass it was clearly water yeah it it was was, absolutely water it was just like why do you have coupe glasses what college student is just like walking around with like cocktails like uh, where is your red solo cup like the fucking rest of us yeah also that a red solo cup would have covered so many sins like Like y'all have actual like glass or like stemware that is like it's like you stole from your parents, I guess. I don't know, but I thought that was a choice to be like out in the woods necking with like that really nice so like glassware with stems. It's like what it's are like, we doing? This isn't like a New Year's Eve party. Put it no. away. And how'd you get it? Um, how'd you get it? And, and that's actually a really good lead into the fact that um, this whole production was put on by the three Chiodo brothers. You know it, the Chiodos, baby. The Chiodos, and they were like, when you look at the credits, it's it's every other name is a Chiodo. Yeah, they were a lot of favors were being called in for this one. <laughs> it was like, okay, well, I guess like the family was at work. The it boys was like, are making a movie. Get Dominic pro- over here. <laughs> Set design production, all, hands, all handled, all handled by the Chiodos. All hands on deck. Charles <laughs> is gonna play JoJo, the Clownzilla. We're <laughs> all, all the doing Clownzilla our part. At the end. <laughs> um, it was full. This movie. Also, we we get introduced to like. I mean, I haven't really seen an ice cream truck used to this degree in a movie. <laughs> this um, is a. They must have had like this was like a bit expensive ice cream truck. We get Rich and Paul who are inside of the ice cream truck and they show up at Lover's Lane with the ice cream truck and they're like they're talking over the loudspeaker of the ice cream truck. They're our comic relief, by the way. They're the Terenzi brothers. They're the Terenzi brothers. And they show up and they're here to sell ice cream to everybody in Lover's Lane because you know what gets you more hot and heavy than a blow pop. 
Uh, these <laughs> or two. Or like a cream-based dessert that sits in your gut while you're trying to bone. Ugh, I hate gut and I hate cream-based. I made it like, disgusting on purpose. You did on purpose, cream-based <laughs> gut gumbo. And it's just like stewing around as you're like, oh, you're just like belching up like coagulated cream. It's so gross. <laughs> But I will say that one of the act, there are two actresses who are, I guess, two gals that they've been getting it with. Although they also they give away a lot of ice cream. Side note, like they can't be making any money. I can't. Um, they're not making a dime with this thing. They're giving away ice cream to everybody. And in the back of the they come out of the back, these two women and they both got their own popsicles. And one of them is consuming my favorite popsicle from growing up, that rocket pop, baby. And mm, I love I, a rocket pop. It's so good. And it was always what I got from the ice cream man when he would roll through so refreshing so refreshing and kind of like i mean i guess in a way like ice cream men were kind of like influencers kind of in a way they were Mm -hmm. like the trendsetters of our day they like free instagram yeah you didn't Mm -hmm. you didn't want to miss it you heard that ringling only for so long and you scrambled Mm -hmm. and And you bought what they were selling anything you saw you know them walking around with their delicious pictures of um amazing treats and you were like i'll have that one thank you very much i also remember the one time that i just like (laughs) The one time that I just decided to help my mother help me um, by going into her purse and getting like money out to buy ice cream because I didn't have the time to bargain with her for the money. I could hear the truck come in and decisions had to be made. And I just helped myself to to her hard-earned hard bucks. And she was none too pleased when she put the pieces together. Um, I was like, oh, I was like, I just, you were in the back. She's like, where'd you get that ice cream from? Where'd you get money for ice cream? I was like, oh, we, you know, what happened was you were in the back room and I don't want to bother and you. Baby boy had to act fast. I was like, I didn't want to bother you. And she was like, I know damn well you didn't go in my purse and pull money out without talking. It was just like, I didn't have time to bargain with you <laughs> so I did what I had to do and uh, that didn't go over too well but mm. I did buy her ice cream I remember I bought her ice cream too and I was like here and she was like alright that's like, that. <laughs> I still bought it for myself technically but it does she, sweeten she, the deal yeah she's like it did that dulled the blow a little bit but no more of that um, and me just being like oh I didn't know I loved I loved when I was a kid pretending like I didn't know things that I clearly knew I couldn't do that had been like because it had never explicitly been told to me it was like I didn't know oh my and God. she was like you didn't know you couldn't steal money from my purse to buy ice cream we've never had this conversation before mother me hearing you say it now confirm it thank you it message received again. message received my I was parents, the king of that my parents were immediately on to me anytime like I was a horrible liar and yet I got into so much trouble and tried to lie all the time and my parents were professionals at breaking my stories wide open <laughs> like let's I, imagine sure you I, mouth the gate sure. your eyes darting back and forth <laughs> I'm sure I made it very easy and I think I cracked very easily. Like I, I was I was like the second there was any pressure put on, I just like told them what I did. <laughs> that yeah, that checks out. And then were there tears? Something tells me. Oh absolutely I mean, just full of tears all the time. And 
it and then you never blame it really... on your sister. You just say, <laughs> no, because my parents knew that my sister was much better behaved than I was. So she would never, she had actually, my sister got away with a ton of stuff because she was like a pretty good kid and didn't get caught and knew how to cover her tracks. I would just do whatever I wanted and leave an absolute, you know, just disaster in my <laughs> bodies in your way. And then like all of a sudden it was brought to my attention that I had done something that wasn't okay and I just would burst into tears and hope that, that would help me. Spoiler alert, it never did. <laughs> yeah, they were on they were on to you by that point, sis. They were on to me. <laughs> and it seems like Deb and Mike are actually on to these clowns, if I may They're, say so myself. The clowns are on to them, baby. <laughs> well they well they first of all they when Jane mentioned earlier when they actually arrive at the tent. Okay, so when they get to the big tent, at this point, Farmer Gene and Pooh Bear, the coon dog, they're already gone. Okay. We gotta talk. I just wanna say something about Farmer Gene and Pooh Bear. First of all, of R.I.P. Pooh Bear the dog. We know he's not living at this point. Um, we always have to pour one out for our dead um, movie animals and Pooh Bear. We love you and thank you for giving us your service. Thank you for the laughter and the love mm-hmm. and thank you for being. Mm-hmm. Farmer Gene wouldn't have been Farmer Gene without Pooh Bear. No, absolutely not. But speaking of Farmer Gene, he was so fucking out of context for this movie. Like he out was like running around talking like Yosemite Sam, and I was like, "Did you get lost on the way to like the set of Deliverance? Why are you in this small town?" What's it makes the zero sense. It was very much like, "What's the like what what vibe, like the vibe was so different, and it was also it like, was and I so off. I do know that in like California towns, one thing that like as an adult I discovered, which I don't think I really knew in this. It's gonna sound really silly, but like I didn't really understand. Like this is a whole gonna sound really horrible and problematic. But no. I didn't understand how trashy things got in California because I always <laughs> okay, thought that let California. Me, let me reword that for you. You didn't understand that there were much more rural parts of California besides like San Francisco and LA. Look, I'm from the South, okay, and so mm-hmm. my like. I know, I know that we've got plenty of trash where I'm from, but I always was like surprised with California when it would get like super like rural and Mm -hmm. like, and then, and like all of like the blue parts of California too. It's like, there's a lot of them and like, there's a lot of yokels there too. And it's just surprising to me because it's like, I always think of California as like, you know, what we grew up watching and it's like, no, it's like, totally. it gets, when you it's get like, out of like the big where, cities. Yeah. That's like where Zach Morris is from. Saved by the bell, California dreaming, like every, the OC, like we didn't grow. Not we Jane in two television shows from like the Jane <laughs> two from the eighties and nineties. And she was like, yeah, this and this like on the same <laughs> network that aired back to back. This is what we thought it was. Just this is it. <laughs> Like, but I mean, it's like, but you're it's, right. Like, but when you're a kid, that's what you think California is. And then you grow up and you realize, oh, it's a huge fucking state. Politics, honestly, understanding and learning about politics and mm-hmm. like that was a that was where I sort of started to realize, oh, like it's a lot more. There's a lot of really big conservative parts of it. Mm-hmm. And like there's a lot of like rural areas that are that remind me of the South in this really like right. interesting way. And so seeing like a farmer Joe isn't this farmer Jane. Oh my God. 
background. Single farmer Gene isn't necessarily like peculiar because I think like, oh, like we're not dealing with a big city here. So I guess right. it's a world in which but like but it's the level of performance that he's putting out that right. is like he's like Granny Clampett's like cousin or something. Exactly. It is. It, he's literally talking like Yosemite Sam. It's I wild. think I think he says Dag Nabbit at one point and like. T- what in tarnation and like that kind of thing where you also like, think he said you're does he a s- cartoon character i think he says monster at one point too <laughs> i do don't do it i thought i think he said it <laughs> how did he say it can you say monster you- <laughs> is there a monster in here <laughs> no <laughs> I just said the one word. You're a, you. You're a monster. <laughs> oh my goodness. Also, oh, when Farmer Gene is it. like reading, he's reading a book, and he's like, he sees Hallie's comment, and then he's like, it's Hallie's comment, and he decides he wants to go search for it with Pooh Bear, who doesn't give consent, but he lugs <laughs> him along. But when Farmer Gene is walking out of the house to go search for it, there's like a PA in the shot in the house. Is there- there's I like all there's that. a full PA standing when farmer when farmer Jean walks out of the house. There's a PA that you can see just in full shot, just like standing I in the doorway. That. And she's that. like she looks like she's like smirking because she's like I hope they can't see me. And then and clearly there wasn't a hair in the lens, and they were like, "It's good, baby. The kid stays in the picture." We're moving on to the next setup. It was very if, they, if they even noticed it. If they Honestly, even noticed if it. If they even noticed it. And then farmer Jean and poor Pooh Bear for no mm. reason. I hate that Pooh Bear got pulled into this. The I know. Farmer Jean and Pooh Bear get snatched up by the by the killer clowns. And But dogs are loyal, you know? And that's what they do. They go with their owners, with their family members. And that's when we get like we it's always funny in movies like this that like have a limited budget, but also they wanted they got big ideas because it's like yeah. you can't really like that's you can't, all this movie is. Yeah. No money, huge ideas, zero follow through. And there's like and like the shots where they're trying to show us like people get like getting consumed by like the orb <laughs> of light that is coming from like one of these clowns like weapons because they've got the, these like wep- laser gun or they've whatever got laser guns that just is like this really bright like pink lights like. And the gun itself looks like a Nickelodeon toy that you would win on Double Absolutely. Dare. Absolutely. And <laughs> so there, you're either that or you're either you either get that or you're shot with a gun that is full of popcorn. And or you're enveloped by a shadow. Or you're enveloped by a shadow, which sounds like an angsty like album by like there, a young like tween that you would have been on to. Oh, absolutely. It's a Fiona Apple album for sure. Enveloped um, by a shadow. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta write that. We gotta write that. It would be really funny to do like a fake, um, like nineties. Uh, you want a Chris like, Gaines moment? You want a yes. Chris Gaines moment so bad? Oh my god, absolutely! But like a Fiona Apple moment where it's like I, I do like a fake Fiona Apple character and shoot an entire album of music videos. I feel like I feel like Fiona Apple is like. Fiona Apple's too good, though. I feel like we need somebody she like... She is, but she's an absolute, like, icon of the 90s. And also, she is a symbol for pretentious, like, 12-year-olds who are just getting into, like, music and poetry and all that kind of stuff. I am not I am not ragging on Fiona Apple at all. I'm a huge Fiona Apple fan. But she stands for that thing where it's like... 
you think you're the only person in the world who knows art because you listen to me on Apple. <laughs> you okay. know what I mean? I, I, I do. I do know what you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure you weren't coming after my girl. Um, honey, honey, honey. <laughs> luck. Don't try me. You, know, I, I, I mean, she is an icon, a legend. I love her so much. Interesting to hear you say that. Fiona? Fiona, come on here. Put the pashmina down. Jane, I want to apologize for... No. Um, I wish. Uh, but yeah, so very that. We're going to make that album. We're going to get it out to the public mm-hmm. however we have also, to. Also, copyright TM. Nobody steal our idea. Yeah, very that, very that. We've already got the lawyers mm-hmm. on call because we're suing each other. So they're exactly. just... It's just added to the suit. We're a litigious group. We will go after any and all of you. And I don't care. I'll keep my lawyer and retainer because Jane's going to pay for it anyway when I win the court case. So, well, yeah, we'll see well, how that shakes out. <laughs> well, some of the stuff I got planned, sis. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be spinning. Speaking um, of clowns, we should talk about. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> we should talk about the physical look of these killer clowns because that's not something we've gotten into yet. Good. Good is all I can think of to describe it. They look good. Um, good skin. Drop the skincare routine, killer clowns, because it is bigger. Everybody's got these. Okay, the clowns all—it's just full-on suits. Like they've yeah. got—they've got—they've all got masks on. It's like they've decided like, to. But it's like it's not like a—it's like a full head piece. It's like covers their whole head, and they all look different too, which is like they all look different, but they all have those same eyes. Eyes that look like they're stoned because yes. they're like very realistic human eyes, but all of the eyelids are like at half mass, so all of the killer clowns look very stoned. And they all have really big lips. Like they all have like massive <laughs> lips and massive like eyes. Um and they also and- all have like kind of their gait is almost like non-existent. Like they like they waddle, like they can't really like they can't really well, honey, walk. Honey, it's the shoes. They've got I mean, these stupid ass clown shoes and they're chasing people. And I'm just thinking, like, they are moving at a glacial pace. Like, the, the threat for me as a viewer feels very low. But they're also like everywhere that they want to be. Dave also pointed out that these um that the filmmakers actually made like these clown looks which um yeah. isn't surprising there were molds. at all yeah and yeah and dave the another point that dave points out yeah the faces do move though so like they are being puppeted like the faces kind of can like contort in a certain certain positions we see there's there's a gritty scene in the middle of the movie where a <laughs> biker gang is hanging out outside of an establishment <laughs> and a clown is, and it's a classic 80s biker gang where it's like you don't know if they're bikers or professional dancers <laughs> it is so good oh yeah no it's all homosexuals and absolutely you know it's like they're day all players from the local community theaters what it 100%. is living for it and <laughs> there's tough guys tough guys it's all these guys who tough with their leather on um <laughs> And they're like doing nothing. And also, I love scenes like this because everybody, like anybody in the scene, like they have no, they haven't worked out any relationships to each other. So any like shots where there are people in the background, they don't know what to do, and they're just like nodding their head, like yeah. But like it's coming from nowhere. It's just like it's coming from nowhere. And 
the middle of the movie is just a series of people we don't know and have no relationship to and have no relationship to our main characters just getting killed by the killer clowns. <laughs> yeah, like, there's no real cost for us as viewers because we haven't had a chance to get to know any of them. So it's just sort of like just charges right. to the game at a certain point. <laughs> Another one bites the dust, I guess. And it's really what it comes down to. And like this scene is these bikers and then it's like this clown who rolls up on like a tricycle and like this like big biker like walks up to him and he's like hey clowny can I get a ride on your bike and the clown sort of nods his head back and forth to signal that he's not okay with that so no and then he takes the bike he asks if he can honk the horn then he's like can I honk the horn and the clown says you know what okay that's that's not out of pocket and then he takes the bike and he slams it on the ground and he stomps on it and everybody's loving it and <laughs> they the crowd... are to steal a phrase from Vicky from the Real Housewives of Orange County they are whooping it up they're whooping it up there's no mm-hmm. prostitution horse to be seen here though um, <laughs> they, that we know of yeah that's true no tables been flipped in this scene uh, but my world was when shit gets real the clown in response to his bike mm-hmm. his bike made of like foam it's like it's like this the bike's infrastructure like it is it's basically like i mean what is it it's like the it's ma- it's like it's like it's like styrofoam. the infrastructure in jackson right now like it is oh. it's a disaster and um y'all this should be front page news look it up the water in jackson mississippi it's horrible i'm sure maybe you don't know but donate to something because it's horrible so yeah so he stomps the tries he stomps the tricycle and then He stops the tricycle and then the clown, the clown jumps. The clowns can jump. Okay, so let's be clear with that. The clowns, for some weird reason, can jump. It's never explained, but like they can jump really high. And the clown jumps in the sky. And then when he comes back down to earth, he's got gloves on, boxing gloves. Okay, so this scene is an incredible moment. So he punches the the biker who was just messing with his bike. The moment he punches the biker, we get a shot of a woman in the crowd letting out a gut-wrenching scream. And we're kind of like, what is she like? Because the punch looks like like nothing. And it's, then we go... It's like and a then, tap. It's a tap. And then the next shot is this guy's head falling because he was decapitated by that punch. The punch, his head... I think lands in a garbage can. Yes, doesn't it? his hand, his yeah. head lands in a garbage can, and everybody in the crowd, you know. And Dave said, "Oh, we got some good expressions, some good like responses from the crowd." So some solid crowd work. They all run away. So it's like, okay, that makes sense. What we notice about the it's it's confusing to me the amount of physical strength that these clowns are capable of producing because it, like there's also a scene where a guy is driving a car and a clown is on a tricycle next to him, and the clown barely touches the car with his arm, and the guy veers off the road <laughs> off of a bridge I'm like what like what is this like do they this have is- like the strength of like a like a, a literal like vehicle like a truck like what's going on <laughs> this is what i'm talking about is there there's a lot of world building but there's also not because like we just witness these clowns doing whatever and we don't understand 
why they can do the things they can do. We don't understand why they're doing anything. It's never clear why they're here. We have no idea why they're here. We have no idea even if they're really aliens because they never confirm that. I guess we're supposed to believe that they've dropped out from the sky and they are from another planet. It's called Killer Clowns from Outer Space. But like they don't actually say that they there's no goal there's no purpose we don't understand why anybody's there and why this town there's one part towards the end where you see a there um we have our team trying to save debbie who's been like the clowns like put her in some balloon or whatever and they go into i guess the spaceship was then moved to the carnival i don't really understand the logistics of how that happened but they end up back in the spaceship and they see a clown take what can only be described as a crazy straw you guys have seen it it's a regular plastic straw, but it's got a thousand twists and turns in order to see your drink go a million ways, but in your fucking mouth. And one of the clowns takes the straw and puts it into one of the ball sack pods that hold maybe the dead people, maybe the people in some sort of stasis and drink what I assume is their blood. But we don't know what the blood does for them. We don't know what they're capturing from them. We don't even know that it's blood, to be honest. It's just a red liquid. We have no idea what's going on. So the thing is, one thing I I do want to want to say is that based on that okay that makes me think that maybe there's some sort of like enzyme that's like breaking down like these bodies into like some sort of like matter or something because like like they're becoming some sort of goo that can then be like imbibed Mm. by the clown so like that's something i can also that scene that's a theory but we don't know no, and that seemed what that scene told me. That didn't seem like that was a like that was a decision that was made from the top brass. That seemed like a clown that was getting a little secret sip in. <laughs> yeah, because he he showed up with crazy straw in hand, nobody around except for Mike Tabaki and Dave Hansen who were hiding behind a couple of the the pinker nutsacks that mm-hmm. the people are housed in, and they just watched this. But he waddled in quietly, calmly with that straw that he brought with him. He stuck it into the side of this particular nutsack pod and he went to town it was chug a lug lug for him and then <laughs> it was all underwork swept he took the crazy straw with him and he waddled out of the room and that told me you're not supposed to be here no you're, you you're, sh- you're breaking the you're, rules you're trimming off the top and mum's the word is what you're hoping for because he's gonna tell tales you're exactly. supposed to be watching the, you're supposed to be watching the nutsacks so we don't know. We don't know if this if, I, if this nutsack juice hill. is good. I would die on the hill though that he's getting some nutsack juice off the top that nobody and, knows about. It's supposed to be collective juice for the whole crew, and it looks like he's making sure he gets a couple extra sips. And I'm sure he's like, "Well, I gotta watch the nutsacks," and everybody else is like, "You know, they're all having fun killing people in town. Let me get a little bit of it while it's fresh, you know." And he's probably been eyeing that sack in particular all day, knowing. Also, I have a question for you. What? Sure. I asked this today. First of all, Dave mm-hmm. will deny it. Dave mm-hmm. got really giddy when he saw that crazy straw, and I said. <laughs> And I said, what what was the hold that Crazy Straws had on us in like the 80s and the 90s? And Dave's response, which for some reason felt accurate, was they're crazy. And I was like, fair enough. I think that's what it was. I think they were just I think 
I'm going to have enough. I'm going to have to side with Dave on this one. It's just they were crazy. You had to wait at least 30 <laughs> seconds to get some of your soda out of that straw. It wasn't the fastest delivery system. It took so much longer to get the liquid out of the straw. But we signed up for the ride over and over and again. over and over again. And we were like, you know what? This is crazy. Give me another. As I'm sure want- my mother sat next to me <laughs> with her regular straw and just was like, you sure you don't want this one, kiddo? And I was like, you, you do your thing. You live in your gray world. I'm a chucky motherfucking cheese. I'm going to have a couple more slices of this like mid tier za. And then I'm mid mid tier. That was low tier. Yeah, it's true. I'm gonna have a couple more slices of this bottom of the barrel, za, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in that ball pit with reckless abandon and try not to throw up. Covered, covered in just child sickness of just germs and filth and probably fecal matter because those kids weren't washing their hands in and out of the bathroom and let me eat pizza let me drink out of my crazy straw and let me have the goddamn time of my life I remember one time going to Chuck E. Cheese with Mm. my family it was somebody's birthday Mm -hmm. and I remember we were all just like you know playing having a good time and I remember like being in one of those really intricate like like um you know the tunnels that like led all over of course i remember being in one of those and like finding my cousin and like he had been in there for so long and like we (laughs) and he was like i don't know how to get out of here (laughs) it was it was like they had gone too far it had gotten too intricate and i was was like was he distressed no he's just like sitting there he's a little spooked but i was like follow me and I felt like a savior. And I also thought, like, what are the parents doing? Like, you've been in this, you've been up here for so long, and we've all been like eating pizza to our heart's content. And like you were probably up at that little domed window, just like looking out at us. You know, like, shout out, shout out Halle Bailey, probably wanting to be part of that world and like having no way to get yeah. to us. And yeah, I know it's a hard year. I know this has been a rough, a rough go this past week for, for the racist out there a lot of people uh, i know they're really dealing with the fact that mermaid that we've known to be caucasian yeah um, a red-haired caucasian mermaid is now a beautiful black woman with also red hair yeah and also a fictional character <laughs> who like, was assigned a race by disney <laughs> at one point is and then reassigned a race and, and Everybody's losing their fucking minds. It is unbelievable. But I will say that the, the moment of joy in all of this has been watching all of those videos of TikToks of yes. those young black girls watching Ariel and like being excited to see a brown Ariel on TV. And like, I've been like just tearing up watching those and being like, how are people not seeing this and understanding how fucking important representation is? And also, as many people have pointed out, when they talk about it ruining their childhood, it's like if that, if that, if your childhood, if it was hanging on by that thread this entire time, then baby, we got bigger problems, okay? We got bigger fish to fry, no pun intended. But what you're, but no, no fried fish. That's for the black people. You don't get fried fish. 
<laughs> you racist. It is Absolutely it's too not. much. And it's it is unhinged. And I people hate. trying to actually pretend like they're bringing science into it. Sit the fuck down. No, this is not people science. Who are like, Mermaids like, are not white. Okay, no, by definition. Mermaids are, baby, mermaids aren't real. So they could be and whatever. People, pe- people are like, but like, you know, like scientifically, like, mer- no, stop. Because they're underwater, they don't have as much melon. Shut. No, 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 up. no, no, no. Shut this your fucking nonsense. mouth. You sound absolutely fucking insane. Y'all know and she hangs out with just- a y'all know she hangs out with a crab, right? <laughs> Nobody's gonna complain about that. Who can talk? Who can talk? Nobody's touching that fish? one. And a fish? I mean, it's just all it's it's just an excuse to be blatantly racist. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. But and we're really excited about the movie. And I think, yeah, I cannot wait. First of all, The Little Mermaid is absolutely one of my favorite. My sister and I love, love, loved that movie growing up. So I'm so excited. I'm also excited because it's an older movie that's being mm-hmm. turned into like a live. I mean, they've done it before, like with Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. But I'm going to be real. It'll be really interesting to see. I wonder if like. Our Ariel is going to get a little bit, a smidge more agency. Um, I Because I will so. say that as an adult watching so many things, as we talk about this podcast all the time. Yes. I did watch Little Mermaid and I was really, and I, I will watch it again and I love it and it's a special place mm-hmm. in my heart. But I remember watching it like as an adult and having that moment of like, huh, mm-hmm. okay. Like, just it, it's a little, it's a little weird, but it's all those movies with the prince saving the um, day, and it, it yes. you know, so all it'll be interesting movies. to see it. And it's interesting revisiting them as an adult and like thinking about like you know my niece and nephew and wanting to watch these movies with them and thinking, oh, I really, I remember my sister loved Aladdin. She was really, I think she was really excited to show her kids Aladdin, and then she started playing and she's like, oh my god, this is so fucking racist. <laughs> like you I I should not be showing this to my kids and luckily my niece got really scared about the um tiger you know the um the cave of wonders the yes. like she got really terrified by that so they ended up turning it off my sister's like good because this is so fucking racist I can't and now I guess they have a disclaimer they on it. have a yeah. disclaimer I put it on because I was watering plants or something and I was like oh Aladdin I haven't seen it in a while and I put it on mm-hmm. and that disclaimer which was akin to the beginning of Law and Order SVU where they just like <laughs> Da da da! In the pursuit, <laughs> in the pursuit of Disney cartoons, we maybe pushed it a little bit too far back in the day. Some of this shit's pretty fucked up, so you need to talk to your kids about it before they watch it. But there's some stuff here that's really good too. Remember, you used to really like it when you were a kid. Don't look too hard at anything. Don't think too much about nothing. Just listen to cool songs and watch a magic carpet. We're sorry. Remember Party like, World? You love that song, or not? You Party love World. that song. Um, what? Uh, what is the? Oh, a the whole new world. A whole new world. That's what it is. I loved that song. So good. So, so good. Speaking of songs speaking that of we whole- love and characters that we love, we're back. <laughs> we're back in the movie. We never I left. Do, I do want to take a moment to say that our transitions are getting so professional. So thank They're you. They're so good. They're so sexy. They're so, so solid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Par- Paris did you wonders because mm. you came back. Um, you're calmed now. Yeah. Um, mm. I, the only thing that I worry about is you thinking that you're going to like beat these charges that I'm going to th- throw your way. Well, and I'm, I'm worried about that for you too. But again, like you and I have um, 
reconciled as much as we can before the case is closed and i feel really good about that and yeah 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 and i and we both know that we're gonna destroy each other in court but it but our friendship remains what it is i'm gonna really my angle is gonna be really i'm gonna lean really hard into my my patriotism and i'm really gonna like (laughs) i'm gonna paint you as a woman who left the country of her birth mm. um, and attempted to, you know, evade authority. And I'm going to, I'm going to really I'm just hit gonna, hard. I'm going to ask you repeatedly where you were on January 6th. That's <laughs> my go. line of questioning. Mm-hmm. More of the questions. For a patriot, I'd love to know where you were on January this 6th. coming to me? From a Caucasian woman? Um, so back at the movie, speaking of Caucasian women, we, okay, I mentioned it earlier. It is something that it's like, they have a lot of things that they introduce that it's like, they just introduced them, but they're big things that like they should have like, or they could have like explored more. So like I mentioned earlier, the the whole popcorn thing, like when they're running yes. out of like, when they're running out of the, at the beginning of the movie, after they discover it, they're running out of it, Mike and Debbie, and then they get shot with this gun full of, full of like popcorn. And you don't really. My favorite thing about that too is like Debbie's like, "What's the deal with the popcorn?" And Mike Tobacco is like, "It's because they're clowns, of course." And I was like, "What the hell do clowns and popcorn have to do with each other?" Like, I guess maybe they have popcorn. I feel like loose nuts would have probably been more circusy than popcorn. <laughs> I um, have no idea. I went to a circus. I remember going to a circus when I was a kid, and it was mm-hmm. it was a rough one. I remember there were several I'm, like. I have several like yeah tra- traumatic memories from circuses actually one of well, one of those is a fair that's a whole other story we i used to love we used to go to the big apple circus when i was a kid like almost every year and i loved it it was so much fun but i don't really remember them having clowns or anything and they like they were i remember because like barnum and bailey was like really like shitty towards animals and i guess big apple circus was supposed to be like oh we treat our animals well or something was there there a slogan not as bad as barnum (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure um but i just i remember going to that like every year as a kid we had fun but i don't really remember the details of it it's so weird to think back on like those like memories because I feel like <laughs> dicey stuff was happening and I was like, I guess it was probably like the 80s going into the 90s. Mm-hmm. But I remember like things that are just like bleak from like that <laughs> experience. I'm sure it was really dicey. I remember it smelled horrible and I oh, remember yeah. just being like, this isn't like fun. Like I remember like it's all so horrible now and it's problematic when I think back on these mm-hmm. memories. I remember there was like the like the one ton man who was like this man and like it was this large it was like in like this like like this big like trailer thing and you had to pay extra and I remember I was like with my mom I was like I want to go I want to go and she was like no like no you don't want to and I was like no I want to go and I remember like going in it was like this really large man like sitting in like this tub and like I was just standing there and my mom was like you ready to go and I was like yeah let's go and then I remember there was like. I'm only laughing because I'm so fucking uncomfortable because like you said in your synopsis like there is a history of all of this being horrible the circus and I'm glad that you brought that up and that is 
traumatizing. It was really scary. It made me really sad. And then I remember <laughs> there was like a bearded woman who was like just this like middle aged woman with like facial hair. And like <laughs> oh she God. was like sitting it's like, and like and, just, and my mom once again, because I, I was like, I, we got to see it. We got it. <laughs> and like, I remember I was like, <laughs> like again, this. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then we went in and she was just sitting there and I was like, OK, you ready to go? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, Ugh. my it mom just, was like, this is how it ends, I guess. <laughs> this is the, uh, the way the night ends. Uh, that is so weird and it was really really bleak uh so i guess i uh, am old because that was probably like the tail end of the 80s because when i think about that i think about that happening in like the 1920s like yeah freak, right freak it's show so thing weird. and that kind of stuff but it was still going on when we were i kids. think it was like i think this was in louisiana and i'm i mean all bets are off baby when you get to the south we we play we play the most dangerous of games and like you can keep your morality because <laughs> like we are going to be the last ones to decide that it's not okay anymore. So I'm sure in the East Coast they'd probably been like, well, no more of that. Did I tell well, you what you can sell this act at? Yeah, Take we the Louisiana. <laughs> we didn't have things like that. It was like acrobatic stuff and like cool tricks with animals and like you know you'd see like an elephant. You know what I mean? But like yeah, there wasn't like fun. a. There wasn't like a freak show element I that remember, I remember like, watching. I remember watching like them with the animals, but I remember the animals even seemed just like crestfallen. It was just oh, like I'm sure, yeah, just, just like tired, and I was like, yeah, this is a fun it's night. It's like, please take me back to my home. <laughs> yeah, this isn't it for me. Um, yeah. So we're back here and we're dealing with another place where it's not going so well. Things and are bleak. It is, and it's like the beginning. It's like when they like, when they start shooting them with the popcorn guns, I'm like, okay, the popcorn <laughs> is sticking to their clothing. So I'm like, okay, this is a different kind of popcorn because it's literally latched on to all over their clothing. And then later on in the movie, well, we get to the police station, first of all, and we get, this is when we get the backstory, a light backstory on like Dave and Debbie and how they used to date back in the day. And like, which like holds really no weight within this story because it's, it's like, unnecessary. Actually, it's, it doesn't matter. Like they could have just made him like her brother. Like there right? was no reason to make them like rom- other than like Former there's a lovers. there's like a moment where like we get a little bit of like tension between like we get a little bit of tension between like Mike and, and Dave. Dave because Dave's jealous of the fact that Debbie's got a new bow but it's like it's over so quickly that it's like I guess like I guess I don't know if you got the mileage out of this love triangle that you'd hoped for because they like quickly they realize let's put our let's put that like behind us because we've got clowns that are killing everybody so like that sort of supersedes the fact that like you're with my girlfriend my ex-girlfriend but like Debbie gets dropped off at the house for some reason even though there's clowns on the loose and we know that they're just killing people but like they're like we're gonna drop you off at your home alone and then we're gonna go deal with the clowns like the clowns that have clearly just taken over the town and are randomly killing people like randomly killing everybody and Debbie's like I'm gonna take a shower I'm gonna take a shower so they drop Debbie off at the house and when Debbie takes her clothes off some of the popcorn corn, the popcorn it's pop popcorn it's on the ground and some of it starts like moving like a little like grub worms just like snaking across the floor <laughs> and it's like what the fuck's going on and then we realize that the clown that the that those are actually like seeds like clown seeds and I said to Dave I was like so that means that earlier in the movie the, those guns were just full of like clown semen then like <laughs> just like 
That's what they're shooting, and that's why it stuck yeah, to them, I oh guess. Oh my god, ew. So they that were just is... covered in cloud semen, and then the clowns like self-incubated, I guess, and like they came to be, and they're like these really weird mutants. And they like grow, they're like they look like um clown plants because they're like a, there's like a skinny stalk, and yes. at the end of the stalk is like a mini clown head with like teeth with and they, really like, intense teeth try to bite Debbie or whatever. But and as then, Dave, Dave points out also, they do bite her at one point and like, she like pulls away and Dave's like, that would have gone all the way through her. Like their teeth are so sharp that it's like, if one of them bit her, it, you know, it's not just the tale of the sad or wiser girl. Like she's no. deceased. Like <laughs> the teeth are just knives basically. And well, like, because, because if a clown can gently tap a person and decapitate them, you think that when they chop onto a woman's shoulder they at least break some skin yeah break skin draw blood but that doesn't happen debbie Mm -hmm. gets away and she's got a story to share and well she doesn't get away because the the clowns the other clowns the fully grown clowns are there waiting for her and they weirdly put her into some weird it looks like a big thick balloon it looks like one of those really really thick rubberized like balloons where like she's inside of it it's yellow and translucent so you can kind of see her but you can't get out but it's weird because it's like why they put her in there and not in one of those like nut sacks i'd like to put people in exactly i don't know if it's like they want you to just sort of like i don't know if maybe (gasps) they want you to like like sort of like uh stew in in the balloon first and then they plan on taking you over to like the other side but they didn't do that to anybody else and it's clearly saying to us as a viewer we're not gonna kill her oh for sure like she's and so it's like she's the special. stakes are so low in this movie because anytime they face off with the clowns like all they have to do the smallest of things in order to get away you know, it's like but, the other people in the town are getting killed just by existing and being punched in the face. But Debbie and Mike and Dave and the Terenzi brothers, like they just have to like run a little bit faster. Like they don't. And they're, and they're, they're fine. fine. Yeah. Well, also so many people die in so many ways in this movie. So we've got like the popcorn that turns yes. into these like monsters that kills people. Mm-hmm. And then and I also what did I what did I call it last night? Uh, I can't remember the word I used. I came up with something I thought was clever. Dave didn't really care for it, but I thought I don't. I don't remember if I called him if I called a Kleeman maybe like clown semen. I think oh, it was better Kleeman. than that. That's but good. anyway, it's gone. I don't remember what it was. But mm-hmm. so they so they get killed that way, and then there's also like a security guard at like <laughs> the fair or the carnival who like gets killed because he's like standing guard over the carnival towards the end of the movie. And then the clowns throw a bunch of pies at him. And then it just, the can he like, he doesn't say a word by the way, as the pies start to hit him, he is mouth agape. He d- who? The security silent. guard? This, yeah. He doesn't say a word. Like when oh, the, clown, when when the pies tra- start yeah. hitting him, he's just like, he's just like all of a sudden frozen mouth agape. And he's getting hit with pies. And then it flashes back to him. And it's just a mound of goo. Like it's just a mound of pie and goo. And then they do a quick shot of just like a skeleton, like party city style skeleton's arm. And I'm like, okay. So like the acid, in these pies is enough to like peel his skin off but it's not enough to get through that bone Um, because the skeleton's left behind for some reason so that's a really good point I didn't think about that but also it's like 
there were like five clowns there and they each had a pie and they all threw the pie at him but it was like when you actually when they show him receiving pies it was like 38 pies being thrown in his face yeah he was he was good by everybody he was good baby he's been good and then also talk about talk about cleaning (laughs) (laughs) everybody loves cleaning and then (laughs) as that's happening also we also have a clown that's putting on a little bit of a shadow puppet show for a large crowd of people that are waiting for the bus it's like this elderly couple it's so late at night and it's like this elderly couple that's like sitting on like a bench that's given like you know these people look like they hang out with like you know the beavers family they're sitting on like a bench waiting on a bus and then like there's a large brick building behind them this clown walks up everybody's unfazed and then he starts like throwing like shadow puppets at the side of this building when i tell you that these people's (laughs) day was made like everybody jumps to their feet at one point the older woman is like jumping up and down it's like she's manic and it's like if i was in a crowd i'd be like are you good like this is cute, but like your reaction is disproportionate to what's going on. Why but I'd are you also be like, this is like a creepy looking clown doing puppet shows on the side of the wall while I'm waiting for the bus? I'm sorry, but I'm from the city. I do not think that's cute. I know there's something else coming next. It's too much. I would have actually thought they were like ringers because her because her I would have thought something was gonna happen and they were in on it. Because her and her her husband is also right there with her, feverishly, like sort of like he's got this buoyancy to him. Like he's excited about what's going on with these clowns. She's excited. They're having fun. I don't know if it harkens back to the old days for them, but they're filling their fantasy. And then it's there's like all those of these guys on the train who try to like um force you to gamble and give them cash and they have a plant and the plant like wins and so then you think oh I can win and then they scam you and take your money Jane when I tell you I was thinking about that earlier and I didn't want to say anything because I was like they're going to change something what are you talking about okay so here's my so here's my CTA Yes, my quick CTA story, and then we'll get back to this movie for all of our lovely listeners. I when I moved to the city years ago, I was on the train and there this was happening exactly as Jane described it. And I was just like just new dummy to the city watching it all take place. For those of you who don't know, it's like a guy with like a portable like like a flat surface and he like is doing the thing where it's like find the bead under the cup and he's moving his hands really yeah, three fast. Card Monty. Yeah. Yes. Three card Monty. And it's literally, and you watch two people. I watched two people play and mm-hmm. it was a, it was a white guy and it was a black woman. I watched mm-hmm. both of them pay. I think that the, if I remember correctly, the white guy, the, the black woman won. And then Mm -hmm. the white guy decided to play and the white guy was like in a suit. The black woman was dressed like nicely, but like, like casually. And this guy's in like, (laughs) the white guy's in a suit. The black woman won. The white guy decides to play. The white guy loses. If I think, if I think that that's, I think that's how it happened. And I'm watching it all happen. And then I see a guy that I know, I think from a show that I had done in the city, Mm -hmm. like, and he's sitting on the other side of the train. He's an older guy. And I go over and I say hello to him. And I'm watching this whole thing. And a part of me is thinking like, well, I want to get in on this. I think I can figure it out as I'm watching. And I go over to him and I'm like, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, hey, you see this happening? He's like, that guy like fleecing all these people for money. And I'm like, what? And then I look over and like two or three people play. And these two or three people... As they're playing, 
they all lose back to back mm-hmm. to back, even though they saw that one person win and they felt really good. Mm-hmm. And then um, I then when I, I that guy blew my mind, this this actor guy that told me he was like, oh, this is all just like a hustle. And I was like, what? And then I get <laughs> I get off at the same stop that they get off at. And I think it was like grand. Mm-hmm. And I'm I get off and I observe them. They're like the other they get off at the other end of the cart. Mm-hmm. And I see him paying the guy and the woman and the man yeah. who were the first two. I see him paying them their like cut. And totally. I was just like, I'm in a big city now. <laughs> Like completely, I was just, I was sitting there with my couple dollars in my pocket and I was like, just ready to just hand it over to him. Thank goodness. Glad I didn't buy it. Somebody I saw told some, me. My first year in Chicago, I was with somebody and he was like, I'm going to do it. And it was, we were both working at a restaurant at that time. And so he had a lot of cash. He had a hundred dollar bill and he was like, I'm going to do it. He was like, I, he's like, I've gotten it right every time in my mind when I've seen him. So like, I'm going to win this. And um, he did it and lost a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was like, oh my God. And I was like, I don't think you should. But he was like, no, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then his, he was so upset. Of course he was. <laughs> so awful. It's just like, ugh, <sighs> probably, no, probably no way to win that game. No, um, well, they cheat. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, me still not getting it. Um, Jean's like, you don't <laughs> understand still what happened? You dummy. Uh, so speaking of cheats, we got some clowns that are willing to play any mm-hmm. games that they have to play in order to win. And mm-hmm. we don't know what they're winning other than mm-hmm. getting. Well, we do know that they like their crazy straws. And we do know that they like to get a, a sip of some some warm what is what would it be like um, goo some warm human goo that's transitioning into i was gonna say warm man media is what i was gonna say media why media like like media not media in the sense of like like the media but media in the sense of like an element like an element of something you know what i mean like biology like i'm thinking about like biology like I'm thinking of like, um, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? I don't think it does, but I understand where you're coming from on that. It's just, it's another word that media means like, okay. Yeah. Look it up. Okay. So like, yeah, like anatomy, like an inner, like an intermediate layer in the wall of a blood vessel or lymphatic vessel. So like, I'm just thinking about like, Oh, oh, okay. I did not know it had that second definition. I've never heard that before. And you wouldn't know. Yeah, because I'm you no, but you spend all your time. What do you do? You spend all your time in Europe. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, is that I'm so proficient in French that sometimes I forget English. It's like the have, more French I get, the more English I lose. You have a friend who's from Spain who has that same problem, don't you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's cucumber. Mm-hmm. I know normally trips her up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's it's it's pepino in Spanish, but she um, does not cannot anytime she does um, an interview on television because spoiler alert, she is kind of famous. Um, she can't remember the name for um, for cucumber, and she also can't remember that she was. Um, a, a a white girl born in this country. Do you <laughs> think that crazy. do you think that Meg's gonna gonna have her over on archetypes to Oh my god. No, I do not think she's gonna get the call to um be a guest on Megan Markle's new podcast. 
I I can't For imagine. Those of you who don't know, we're talking about Hilaria Baldwin, who I went to high school with, who is not from Spain. Yeah, have y'all not been on Red Jane's block um, or seen it? <laughs> She's posted about it. I know that you would leave work early if you saw that an, an episode of of Archetypes had dropped that Hilaria Baldwin was a guest on. One hundred percent, a one hundred percent. I would need something. I gotta see. <laughs> Anyways, there. Speaking uh, of clowns. Speaking of clowns, okay. <laughs> there's also there's also a moment in this movie where they're the clowns are sort of trying to get new new like flesh, and they're trying to get new people to consume. It's towards mm. the end of the movie, and there's a little girl who's at like <laughs> this. It looks like an '80s like it's an '80s restaurant, and she's yeah. seated with her mom like and her mom's friend. Joint. And Jay, Dave referred to the women that she was seated with as proto lesbians. <laughs> So funny because I was looking at these gals and I was like, they're the best on their softball team. <laughs> it's like the, it's like when you think somebody's this is problematic. It's like when you think somebody's like gay and then um, you like hey guys, realize, <laughs> this whole podcast is problematic. It's like when you think somebody's <laughs> gay and then you realize that they're not and it like blows your mind. I grew up in theater and like there are so many times growing up where you're like working on a musical and there's like this gent who you're just like, oh. And then you like at the opening night, you know, you like meet his wife and you're like, what? <laughs> it's so it's, And she's it's like happened. wearing a tool belt and you're just like confused. <laughs> like, what's this? And he's like, this one keeps me in line. Come over here, Pat. And it's like, what's going on? OK, sure. Uh, OK, Paul Lind and Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Match made in heaven. <laughs> the story we didn't know we needed told. Oh, my God. Um, what a beautiful The Paul Lind and Rosie O'Donnell story. <laughs> they were more than friends. Um, so, yeah. So this little girl is like inside sitting with her with her like mom. And then we've got the most disgusting looking clown in the world outside. He's gargantuan. He's massive. He's and He's, enormous and he's outside with his like claw hands and he's like beckoning her and she's loving it and it's like no child no they're child play, they're playing peekaboo she's smiling she's Ugh. loving it and like typical typical 80s parents they aren't giving an absolute like fuck about what their child's doing so they don't know but they catch her right before she's about to right leave before and, talk she to gets, the and he's so mad and his teeth also this clown's grill <laughs> is a mess it is these teeth are going every which way okay any way you want it that's the way you get it here these teeth are doing whatever they want to do and he is just chopping at his eye he's like all right it's like an empty chump because he didn't get a chance to eat that kid. And uh, I got a little bit of his internal story in that moment. And I thought, Gustav hasn't gotten everything that he wants in life either. Um, You think that that killer clown's name is Gustav? I felt it. Yeah, I did. And I'll I'll go on that. I also felt like he could have been a Guillaume, which I know is a name. Shut up. I hate you. I wish I never told you that. (laughs) I told Jane that I liked that name for a child. And she said it was the most pretentious thing in the world. And I don't like her anymore. And I don't want to know her anymore. I said, if you have a baby and name it Guillaume, I don't know that I can love it. I hate her. It's she's so she's so awful, everybody. And I don't know why I put up with the abuse at this point. It's just it's really it's really disrespectful. And uh, I'm done with her. And so we get the really big showdown at the end of the movie. where like everybody's trying to. So we've got Dave who's trying to still trying to keep Debbie alive, even though she's not his gal anymore. um, Mm -hmm. Sworn to protect. And he's doing his job. They're trying to like get away from these clowns. And then this is when we meet 
The was me Jojo. Jojo. Jojo the Clownzilla. Who's in but like also Jojo is clearly connected to puppet strings. So when <laughs> I Jojo, know. He's supposed to be like he's supposed to be like the, you know in a video game the big fight. You know what I mean? The big at the very the, end the they're last about monster. To, you yes, know? they're about to make and, it out and <laughs> and this dude descends from the ceiling and he's huge and apparently terrifying but you can literally see the strings on him <laughs> it's like 12 so strings it's so not it like takes one you out of it <laughs> and i was like wait what's going on is this a part of it and then i realized oh they just left it in i guess they figured they'd fix it in post and never get around to it but then they like then the two like that we haven't seen in a while like they don't know what to do really with like the the Terenzi brothers, but like they pop up on occasion. They yeah. end up driving through into this, you know, spaceship, clowny spaceship. And, you know, and then this is a moment where it was another moment where like it got kind of funny and gay because <laughs> we have we have Dave who's Dave and we have Mike Tobacco and we have Debbie. Debbie's in front and Mike's behind Debbie. And for some reason, Dave's behind Mike and Dave, they're all really scared and they're sort of crouching together. And Dave has like his arms around Mike's waist and he's like holding on to Mike and he looks like he's really scared. And I kind of was like watching him early. And then Dave was like, this is really gay. And I was like, wait, what? And he was like, he's like, I'm going to rewind it for you. And like Dave's holding <laughs> on that. at first. Dave's holding on to like the, like a little bit above the waist of Mike. But then when I when we play, but then his hands getting lower and lower. And then at one on the one of the shots, he's literally just caressing like Mike's like torso. It's like really odd for, like I'm scared like, I don't know what's going on why are you taking this moment to just like feel what you want to well, feel like, maybe he's just like, like maybe he's just like I'm about to die and I gotta do what I've always wanted to do which is touch a man's torso without exactly. that consent and he's just like your body's on the menu right now because <laughs> and I'm a cop what are you gonna do say something to me I don't think so baby and that's why you were taken off the force Jane <laughs> It's also, I at the end when everyone survives, of course, nobody important dies at this movie, and all is well. Unless you don't consider the well. townspeople important, Jane. They're the fiber <laughs> of the community. I, well, I didn't get the chance to get to know them, so whatever. But there's a point where Dave is standing behind Debbie, and he like he like caresses her. Did you notice it's, that? Yeah, I did. It's, I was like, who are... Oh, what's Dave the said they were going to... Then my Dave said that they were going to be like the town's first throuple. And I was like, you oh, know what? You may be onto something. Is, that is very, honestly, very advanced. And I'm on Not board. A pun intent, this, no pun intended preemptively, I'll say that. But maybe that was, they were planting that seed the whole time mm. was just sort of like these three love they, each other and their bodies are going to get really familiar with each other. And you can't you define anybody. It, you, know? you don't have to label them. You don't, you don't, you can't define love in one way. You know what I mean? Everybody's relationship is significant and we are here to explore all different kinds of relationships. Ugh, and that's really are, what I took away from Killer Clowns. That's actually space. the line that Jane often tried to use on the straight women that she would ensnare in her web of lesbianism. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to define it. We don't have to call it anything. You're a straight chick. You're you're having fun. You're figuring things out. I'm here with you. Do you want some more Pinot Grigio? I can go and get some more Pinot Grigio. Absolutely. That makes me sound like a predator. <laughs> I've never done that. I just want that on the record. 
I bet you do. Um, but they all survive. And um, the killer clowns from outer space, all it takes, by the way, the killer clown has Dave in his grasp. And then Dave pulls off his sheriff's badge and he pokes the nose (laughs) of this like massive monster that's supposed to be the one that's like going to like, you know, in this whole game. And the it just explodes like after its nose is like pricked. It's like, what's happening? And we found out earlier in the movie that you can kill the clowns by shooting off their noses or hurting their noses and they explode because we find that out after officer Mooney is killed and turned into a puppet. And, you know, I actually really liked officer Mooney's death because he was so obnoxious that I was like, at least, you know, he, he gets an interesting death, but nobody else does. Nobody else does. And that mm-hmm. is, ladies and gentlemen, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And Jane, mm-hmm. I have a question for you. I bet you do. And I have an answer for you. Um, also, I do want to point out one thing that we didn't really touch on. I oh, love that this okay. movie was released on May 27th, 1988. I know. Like, like- <laughs> they were just like, we got it out and we got the clearance to release this bad boy. We pushed it the fuck out. We were like, we're no, not waiting we're for seasons. Your Halloween. <laughs> like on the opposite side of the calendar from Halloween. They were like, we'll see you in spring, early summer. <laughs> Um, but Jane, I have a question for you. Yes. Would you watch this movie again? Um, I don't, I would watch this movie again in like five years. I like that. I like yeah. this. This is good. I like this new, I like us using like time frames. I like that caveat. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I like that. I've seen a lot of it now. I don't need to see it again for a while, but I think to watch it again in five years would be funny for me. Good. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I actually thought it was a very serious film, so I'm surprised that you oh, and you talk about okay. laughing at it. Um, mm-hmm. This is artists doing their job, is what I'm mm-hmm. saying, and a lot of no, sacrifices of being made. The the Chiodo brothers, icons mm-hmm. of the industry, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah. So, Truly. I have one more question for you. I'm feeling Please. really like extra spooky, spooky, uh, mm-hmm. and. Uh, we're in that Halloween season, and I was curious. Mm. Um, did you have another like Halloween themed movie for me, or well, you know something spooky? <laughs> You're <laughs> hitting the nail right on the spooky head because Ooh, I love a spooky I head. Do, I do have a Halloween pick that I'm very excited to share with you Ooh. because I I know <gasps> it's one you haven't seen. Oh my god! Okay. And I think it will lead to a lot of interesting slash hilarious conversations. So we are going to be watching the first Purge movie, 2013's oh, okay. Purge. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I'm sure you know the premise of it, but it'll be interesting. To- I do know the premise of it, but I have never mm-hmm. seen it. So I'm actually excited yeah. about this one. I love a good I'm horror excited. movie. I always like yeah. spooky season. I, I I love spooky season. I love a good horror movie. This is, I mean, I love the Purge series. I think they're very interesting movies. So it'll be good. A good chat. Sarah Michelle Gellar. No. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for <laughs> listening to us. <laughs> what, am, what am I thinking of? This is Sarah Michelle Gellar in some, I'm thinking of something different. Sarah Michelle Gellar is in some horror movie. She's in I Know What You Did Last Summer. No, there's like another one. She's not in Final Destination, Dave. We don't know her shit. 
<laughs> what are you doing? The grudge. Sorry. The purge, oh. not the grudge. Okay. Oh, I could see how you got there. I could see you got okay. there. Okay. My bad. Um, well, thank you guys. We love you. Thank you for listening to us talk about killer clowns in outer space. We hope you liked it. We liked it. It's so fun to be back. We have missed recording. I've missed having these chats with you, Bran. Um, mm, if you want to uh, follow us during the week, you can find us on social media at Instagram and Facebook at Movies We Missed. And you can obviously find our very robust Twitter at MWM chat and we will see you next week for 2013's The Purge. Le Purge. Bye. I meant like boo boo. I know. I I thought I was going for boo boo and then they came too close together and it sounded like something else. making a movie get Dominic over here